Welcome to the Building Healthy Organizations podcast. We understand how the human brain works and how that impacts behavior in the workplace. I'm glad you joined us today for our continued journey to understand how to build a healthy organization. As we really look at the challenge of dealing with people and their emotions in the workplace. A lot of business owners have looked at me and said, there's no room in business for emotions, which I always get tickled at that because I think they just showed me an emotion. They don't like emotions. They don't want those expressed in the workplace. But the reality is emotions will be expressed in the workplace, whether you try to suppress them or whether they just come out and people wear their emotions on their sleeves. It's better if you understand what emotions are and how they impact behavior. And that's this episode. What are emotions? What is emotional intelligence or what you may know as EQ? EQ is a measure of emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence itself uh, is a type of intelligence that deals specifically with chemicals that are released in the brain when something triggers an emotion in an individual. And I will not spend hours talking to you about the science, which I would love to do, but needless to say, there is real science, what we call neuroscience, behind emotional intelligence. From a high level, emotional intelligence is the ability to make your best decisions, to lead in the best way possible, and to really have an impact on other people in important areas. For instance, influence. How well do you connect and build trust with others so that you gain influence with them? How well do you create a friendship or another business relationship? All of those things have a large component in emotions or a large percentage uh, of emotions in, in that makeup of that relationship. Let's look at it this way. If we didn't care what our customers thought, if we didn't care how they felt, if we didn't care about any of that, how much business would we get and how much would we keep? I've worked in sales for more than 40 years, and I can tell you the best salespeople have very high emotional intelligence. Why? Because it allows them to move beyond the features and benefits approach or just a technique-based approach to selling. It helps them really truly understand what's going on in the mind of the buyer. And we have an entire line of trainings around what I call the EQ fit approach, EQ fit for sales. Having said that, back to the bigger question, what is this thing called emotional intelligence? What can it do for me? Why is it important? Uh, let's tackle that. It's important because as a leader, if you don't have people following you 
I don't know if you get to keep the title leader. Without followership, I'm not sure there's leadership. So is there management? Sure, absolutely. Management is a transactional approach to getting things done, and it's important, but it is a subset of leadership. And leadership, the ability to influence others, to motivate others, to create an, an environment of teamwork that is really effective, that's a good leader. Emotional intelligence has a huge role in becoming the best leader you can be. Now, let's talk a minute about decision-making. Think of it this way. Why is emotional intelligence important for decision-making? If you don't have feelings about your thoughts, how do you know which one is the best one? If you came up with three options to solve a problem, how do you choose? You choose by the one you feel best about. Notice I used the term feel best about. That's emotional intelligence at work. And we've already talked a bit about the sales uh, side of things. There is a way to accelerate the sales cycle by understanding what's going on in the buyer-seller dynamic. That means the salesperson prepares themselves to navigate the emotions in themselves and in others and has an active approach to identifying the emotional drivers behind buyers. I'm going to, I'm going to give you a quote from a Brian Tracy book, one of the best known sales trainers out there who said in his book, the psychology of selling, uh, buying decisions are 100% emotional. Now, this is somebody who's been doing this a long time. To my knowledge, has trained over half a million salespeople. So if he's saying that, there must be something to that. Well, think of it this way. The more you can understand what is driving or holding a buyer back emotionally, you can better understand how to connect and build trust so that you can move the process forward. It's not a manipulation technique. Frankly, it's not a technique at all. Most of sales training today is based in techniques. Ask these questions, do these things, try this close, try this trial close, do this, do that. It's all technique. Technique is influence. It's how you apply influence. Well, what happens if you don't have much influence? Well, your sales are going to be lower because, frankly, you have very little influence in the influence bank account to spend. So that then comes down to how do we gain more influence? Guess what? Through emotional intelligence. We make good connections with people, true, authentic connection, and we build trust. Those are key elements of applying emotional intelligence for success in sales. Also, think about culture in your organization. Culture is one of the most difficult things to get right, and it does not get right on its own. You can either let culture evolve and go whichever direction it's going to go, and that's what we see 
Most companies get the culture they tolerate. Or you can design a culture that you want and you can actively work towards that. And emotional intelligence is a huge part of building a culture that will build your employer brand and will build a healthy organization. The last thing I want to talk about uh, specifically related to this challenge of emotional intelligence in the workplace, you know, we talk about in our intro, we understand the human brain and how that impacts behavior in the workplace. There is true science behind what we look at. When we go in and do an organizational diagnosis with someone, we want to see not just uh, the observations from interviews and questions, which is part of the old way of doing an organizational diagnosis. We want to do actual real-time measures of a variety of different things, personality, emotional intelligence, cognitive processing skills. You know, we do some really highly validated assessments that allow us to get clarity and insight into what's going on in the organization. That's how we can come up with a clear understanding of where that organization measures as far as its health and as far as the gaps between being unhealthy and being healthy in different parts of the organization. So now let's get into the discovery part of our podcast today, which is really about there are so many terms out there right now. How resilient is your organization? How agile is your organization? How do I define agility? The ability to take advantage of opportunity with speed and efficiency. I'll say that one more time. Agility is the ability to take advantage of opportunity with speed and efficiency. So I want you to ask yourself, in your organization, what stands in the way of being able to take advantage of opportunity with speed and efficiency? My guess is you'll come up with a list of things. Emotional intelligence can unlock the foundational elements that are either accelerating success or in many cases uh, becoming roadblocks to success. I want to share a story with you. I was working with a group who was concerned about their sales. They, they thought they should be selling more. Fascinating story. I was talking to the CEO and he said, well, I don't know, your, your fees are kind of expensive and, you know, all of that. And I said, okay, let me ask you a question. How much did you sell last year? Well, we sold $200 million. Okay. How much do you think you should have sold last year? Oh, we easily should have sold $225 million last year. I said, okay, so that's $25 million in sales gap, you know, that, that, you're just not realizing. How many years has this been going on? Well, I don't know, probably five or six years. 
Well, I think you can see where this is headed, right? So I said, let me do the math on that. And he said, no, don't. Please don't. And we both had a bit of a laugh. Unfortunately, his laugh was had some grief and anxiety in it, I think. But bottom line, I'm not going to cost him $125 million in, in fees, obviously. So you have to put things in the right perspective. And I could sense his anxiety. The emotional detractors that he had present were uncertainty and fear around why are we not doing better? Why can't we move forward? What is the problem here? But we were able to turn that around and help him really feel the emotional drivers that are possible, hope, possibility, um, a better future, more successful sales. And part of that was just asking him, if this was right, if you were selling what you think you should sell, how would you feel about that? What could you do with that? So many times people self-limit. They allow the emotional detractors to get in the way of their own success. We see it in salespeople all the time. We see it in leaders all the time. Once they can release that, and that only comes through a clear understanding of emotional intelligence applied, when they can release that, truly the sky's the limit. And as we work with that group, we were able to identify some fascinating things. I'll share that case study with you in another episode. Uh, But excellent outcomes in that situation. So now let's focus on what can emotional intelligence or EQ do for you? First, it can help you make your best decisions. It can help you think through different things, coming up with different options. It can allow you to get unstuck. There are so many people get stuck around a cycle. They think about something, they have a, a feeling about it that's not productive, and then they go back to thinking about it again. And it just is this n- negative cycle, this cycle of non-productivity that keeps people from moving forward. Um, let me line out a few things that you may have noticed yourself in your workplace. Have you ever seen behavior in an individual that just seems out of place? Uh, I don't, I don't, necessarily call it aberrant behavior, but it just doesn't make sense, right? It's like, why is that person doing that? What is the deal with them? So many times people get stuck and they need somebody to help them out of that. That's where good leadership steps up and really gets to identify what's going on with that individual. Because in every situation, there will be thinking, feeling, and acting. What did you think about that situation? How were you feeling about it? And what action did you take? And that's an iterative cycle that keeps going. 
So if that is not a positive cycle or a productive cycle, it really drains the energy and the health of an organization. First with the individual, then with that individual's team, and then with the organization as a whole. So emotional intelligence can be a microscope to look into a situation like that and understand what are the feelings that are driving the behaviors in this situation. And many times those feelings are based on things that other than facts or truth. And I don't know a better way to say that, but people are story makers. They take the limited amount of truth and facts they have, and they fill in the gaps with other stuff. And a lot of times that other stuff is more positive about themselves and more negative toward other people, especially if it's a contentious type of situation. And that's not productive. That's not helpful to the health of the individual, the team, or the organization. Um, Another thing to think about when you think about what can emotional intelligence do and what might it look like in the workplace, um, one of the interesting dichotomies we see is that some of the highest functioning teams uh, have something in common. And that thing in common is a psychologically safe place to give feedback to each other. That's what a high-performing team can do. And we know from the, I believe it was the Google study, that two things were critically important. And it wasn't personality and it wasn't other things. It was... Is it a psychologically safe environment? And does everybody get about an equal amount of time to talk? An equality in conversational sharing. Isn't that amazing? But what that means is you're empowering people to engage with each other in a safe place that allows them to share their thoughts and to realign their feelings when they get better information, when they get more truth, and it allows for a very effective conflict management processing system where people can get things out before they become big things. Um, the, the quicker you can deal with those things, the better. That's another type of thing you may have seen in your organization that, if it goes one way, can create some real issues, even to the point of losing good talent. If it goes the other way, it can actually add to the health of the organization. Emotional intelligence is no longer a nice-to-have skill set. It is... It is a survival skill set in our ever-changing world. It is an absolutely must-have skill set. And I would highly encourage you, if you're not already incorporating some form of emotional intelligence development in yourself and in your organization, please look into that. I would be happy to answer questions for people if you want to reach out to me, but Don't let this pass 
without taking advantage of understanding what emotional intelligence development can do for you and for your organization. So let me wrap this up today with some thoughts on what does the highly emotionally intelligent person look like? Well, they look like you and me. Emotional intelligence, when we measure it, we're measuring capacity. It doesn't mean we always apply it as much as we should. If there is a capacity gap in somebody's EQ measurements, that means that they really will struggle with certain things and they could really use some help to develop those emotional intelligence skills to become a better leader of themselves. My definition of leadership is you learn to lead yourself well first, then you can lead other people. But if you can't lead yourself well, then leading other people is not going to work out very well. Emotional intelligence skills and competencies are the easiest things to develop. IQ is fairly set. Personality is not going to change hugely over time. It may change some, but really the one that stands out as the most impactful and the most effective to develop in the shortest amount of time are emotional intelligence competencies. There have been scientific studies done that show that EQ is two to four times more predictive of success than IQ. And I remember reading, and I don't remember where it is, so forgive me for that, but I remember reading an article where where a CEO of an organization was saying, well, we only hire Ivy League, you know, MBAs and that have 4.0 averages and all of that. And after a couple of years, you know, we realized we hired a bunch of really intelligent jerks. Now, that's a strong way to say it, but I think it's important to note the culture that you want, the health of your organization, a huge component in that is emotional intelligence. It can lay dormant and you can choose not to do anything about it, which I think is a huge mistake. Your most important asset in your organization are your people. They will be your competitive advantage or disadvantage. It really depends on you and your leadership in your organization. If you want a strong, vital, healthy organization, emotional intelligence has to be a part of that. And those competencies, developing those in not just leaders, but throughout the organization, whether it's lunch and learns or workshops or assessments, we have an entire series of assessments called vital signs assessments based in emotional intelligence that is a real-time measure of the five success drivers in leadership, in teams, in organizations, trust, execution, teamwork, motivation, managing change. Those are the five drivers of success. The outcomes look a little bit different depending on 
whether you're talking about a leader or a team or an organization. But if you're not measuring what matters and developing to create a healthy organization that has that competitive advantage in the marketplace, then I think you're doing yourself and your organization a disservice. We are very fortunate to work with many organizations who have realized this. I would encourage you to take a hard, deep look at what emotional intelligence first can do for you and then can do for your team and your organization. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. We do understand how the human brain works and how that impacts behavior in the workplace. I hope you'll join us for our next podcast and also check out our YouTube channel by the same name. And for more detailed information, feel free to visit our website, gscfit.com.